On Sunday, Pastor Josh wrapped up the series titled The Art of Relationships as he walked us through Luke chapter 10. Also, in the wake of the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, Josh introduced something called the Shelter Initiative, which is an invitation for our church to get involved in foster care, adoption, and support for those who have been impacted by abortion. Two of those on our podcast today have adoption as part of their personal journeys, and you're going to have a chance to hear a bit of their stories as we talk. It's a great conversation today. Thanks for joining. This is After the Message. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I knew you were going to, I just knew it, I just knew it. Uh, so, so everyone, they're, they're giving me grief because I've been out obviously for several weeks. If you've been listening regularly, uh, you it's know that rusty. I have not been here and uh, they asked me if I was ready for this and they, they, they suggested that they might try to sabotage me at some point. A few times. Which... And I think it's just because we raised the bar so high. While you were out, I mean, Corey clearly gave us affirmation after affirmation of like, man, you guys, Mike's not going to be able to compete when he gets back. Yeah. Well, it's not a big deal. It's not what he told what me, was. but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, regardless, it's good to be back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it's my first day back in the office mm. uh, since, uh, since uh, of course, I was Since a month long vacation. Sunday, but, <laughs> it was a month, but it was your tan it was a long looks time. like it's a month long vacation in the sun, <laughs> looking good. Well, you know, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you but, try, yeah. Um, anyway, hey, so so here we are. We're in the room, and it is a special day for someone. It is at the room. Yes, so we have Kylie Dan with us today, yes. and Kylie, hey, it is your birthday. Happy it birthday. is. Birthday. Happy uh, birthday. So happy thanks, to be here. Thanks for talking on the podcast on your birthday. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. This is how you thought it was going to be, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. This was her it wish. Is. Yeah, this her was my uh, 26th birthday wish to her be on the podcast. Birthday yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you got it. Keep the expectations low and you will always be happy. Well, and that's I, all and, you're expecting. Amen, I just realized baby. I'm twice your age. So that's <laughs> 26. I was just thinking, uh, what was I doing at 26? <laughs> Grandpa hate over there. Yeah. So I get to uh. celebrate my 50th this year in October. Not 26, that's though. That's great. Not, moons definitely ago. not 26. That's right. that's right. You got special yeah. plans? I am hanging out with students this evening. There is a senior pool party All right. that I'm attending. Happy cool. birthday. Happy birthday It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I literally love students. So Podcast that's fun to me. and a pool party on the, your birthday. Amen. I mean, doesn't get any better. That's, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Life is complete. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, well... That's good. Anybody else? Anybody else got any special days today? Uh, no. It's, it's Monday. Yeah, Monday. it is Monday. Mm. It's Monday. Salad for lunch. It was special. Mm. Preston's back in country. Yes, I am. Yeah. How yes. was Africa? It was great. It was great. We had a little trouble getting there. We had uh, some yeah. flight delays on the way out. So instead of leaving on a Monday, we left on a Thursday. But mm. it's uh, a big delay. It was a big delay. But it was good once we got there. And you actually extended your trip on the we back did. end, right? We to added, of, of 19 people, all 19 people were able to add three days to the end of the trip so that we'd have the same uh, time in country. Wow. So that was pretty amazing. Hey, yeah. just quickly, what did you do? Give us the 30 seconds. Um, what are so, you a part of? What group? Yeah, so we were working with a group called Global Concern that does work in northern Kenya. It's basically a desert area, mm-hmm. and so... Um, it's all based on the community needs and the community uh, strengths. And so in the areas where we work, a lot of times there's things like 
uh, needs for water, for clean water, because they don't have enough um, to begin with, and then a lot of what they have is not good. So uh, water, education, um, health care, those types of things. And so we were working in a clinic uh, some of the time, working with some water projects and um, just loving on the people. A lot of it's just based on being there with the people and demonstrating uh, the love of Christ by our presence there. So mm. always, always good to go and be with the people there. So I know we didn't prep you for this, but any any like just one story you could share that? Uh, yes, um, and honestly, it was one that kind of just caught me by surprise. But there was a, there was a little baby that a few of our our team members who are kind of pre med nursing students got to help out with one day, and helping out involved um, actually helping the mom get the baby from one small town to a larger town to a little clinic to get some medicine. On the way back, we got to, the next day, we got to take them back to their hometown. And I didn't really know all of the story at that point. I knew part of it. But I looked up, and uh, a guy named Glenn Anglin, who's in our life group, who went on this trip, primarily to do, like, uh, physical labor, um, building, that type thing. But I looked back there, and he's sitting on mm-hmm. the, the truck bus, we call it, and he is holding this little baby. And it's just a, a beautiful picture. It's, it's him, the baby's in his arms, and the mom sitting next to him. And then I found out who this baby was, that this was one that the other teammates had been helping out. But there was just that moment where, you know, everybody always on these trips is going, okay, God, I, I believe you led me to this, but what specifically do you have for me? And in my mind, Glenn's primary reason for being there was to fix some windows, to paint some buildings, things like that. And I looked up and saw him holding this baby, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? That may be the very reason he's on this trip. Mm. That's cool. It was just a beautiful, uh, beautiful moment there. Wow. Like when God sovereignly orchestrates those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't plan it. I know. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's not too different than yesterday. Yesterday was a unique day. Yeah, it um, was a unique day. <laughs> I know day. where that's going. We, we had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, a lot um, of stuff. We, you know, we, it's the fifth Sunday, so any, anytime there's a, a, a month that has five Sundays in it, on that fifth Sunday, we generally have the Lord's Supper. Um, well, we, we get here that morning, and, and evidently, Lord's Supper elements have an expiration date. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, at least ours do. <laughs> they do, yeah. And so, you know, we're a Baptist church, uh, and so we typically go the grape juice route, uh, mm-hmm. and seemingly some of our grape juice had fermented. <laughs> uh, into, a little more than grape juice. To awful. Um, so we we didn't have the Lord's Supper yesterday, um, yeah. but in God's grace, we needed all, <laughs> all the, time the time to get through what we were getting through, yeah. uh, and, and to preach through the sermon, and to talk about the shelter initiative, which rolled out yesterday. Uh, so... Uh, much like that story, man, right. I am thankful God for the Lord's it out. grace that when we think one thing, he's like, ha ha, you uh, think that? Right. I got that's you. That's right. Yes. So we just rest in his His provision. Mm. The Lord's grace and uh, in Josh's uh, wildly flailing arms when, you know, so when you forget one of the many elements that... that uh, <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up, Mike. <laughs> I had forgotten. To I wasn't even going to bring it so up. So here that's we right. are. If you weren't in the service yesterday, uh, you probably didn't see this. On, well, maybe you did see this on the live stream. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm I'm kicking off the service, and uh, and and we're about to start the first song. In fact, we did start the first. You song. You started it, you and I see Josh like it. come into my line of sight down on the floor, mm-hmm. and he's like just flailing his arms, and I'm like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> you know, and he starts pointing, and I'm like, "What is he pointing at?" And so I look over my shoulder, I see nothing. I still don't know what he's talking about, and then I look over the other shoulder, and I see people in the baptistry. Oh, oh yeah, God. we yeah, have baptism. So. It's like, okay, stop the song, stop the song. <laughs> and uh, so no. let's, let's do a redo. 
But it was perfect. <laughs> that was pretty funny because I was sitting directly opposite from you. So as you're coming across, I was like, what's going on here? And I could watch your face like, what What are you doing, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I genuinely did not know. I, I thought, why is he doing that? Like, what's what's going on? I clearly missed something, but I don't know what it was. Perfect. Um, what a day. It was a day. It was a good day, though. It was, it was, a, great, day. It was a really good day. Um, so we were in Luke chapter 10, mm. um, wrapping up the series that we'd done on uh, relationships, and so, uh, which was four weeks long, and, um, and had some guest preachers through that time, some guest worship leaders, and um, so, uh, but Luke chapter 10, which is the, uh, the passage where Jesus is sending out 72 um, people, which, as we learned Sunday, was a significant number, mm-hmm. and, um, and so... Let's uh, let's jump in and talk about some of the some of the things that we we maybe didn't have time to cover. Or we want to elaborate on uh, in a in a larger capacity during our, our time today. Yes. So, we, I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you were no, asking. No. It felt like yeah. It felt like there was. Well, I, yeah. I kind of left that open ending. Sorry. You know, uh, it's it's one of the one of the little <laughs> you know quirks of I know. not having You're done rusty. this for it's a while. Okay. <laughs> it's a safe place. So. Josh, say more about um, the idea that God doesn't call us into something that um, we can do on our own, in our own capacity. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if if you were here yesterday, or if you were here on Sunday, or, or even you're reading through um, uh, of Luke chapter 10, that when he sends out the 72, there, there's kind of this strange buildup, right? So he gives them the directive. You're going to go, and I want you to tell them, I want you to go two by two into the cities that I'm going to soon come behind you. And then he kind of gives them like, uh, it's going to be really hard. Um, you don't take any money. Don't take a, a backpack with you. Don't take extra shoes with you. Um, but the, before anything happens, he said, I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest because it's so plentiful. We need more workers. And and for them, right? So again, so, so many times we'll read a story like this and automatically read ourselves or read our situation or even read our generation into it. And I don't think that's fair for the text to do that because this is a very specific uh, happening that happened mm-hmm. actually in the first century as as Christ is is calling the seventy to go. But I do think one of the the points that we get from this clearly is the call on their life was far greater than any of them individually, and it's far greater than them collectively. Mm. So it wasn't even like okay, well, one is is we can't do this. Well, two we can't do this. Four we can't do this. Seventy two surely we have the capacity to do this. Jesus said, no, no, no. Before you go out as a as a giant group of seventy two, I want you to fervently pray. And that word, even in the Greek, uh, those words connected, is like I want you to go to the Father and I want you to beg Him to send more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, I think we live in a place and a time and, and maybe even in a culture that we've heard a lot, well, the Lord's never going to give you more than you can handle. Um, but when we actually read the Bible, and honestly, when we when we live life, if mm-hmm. we're just honest, we would say, okay, <laughs> I hear people say that, but my life does not reflect that because it seems like the Lord always gives me more than I can handle. So mm-hmm. either the Lord is different or I'm just not good enough, and so we live in that tension. Um, but I think it, it, it shouldn't go without saying, sometimes it is, it does, but it shouldn't go. And so let's say it, the Lord will always give you more than, than you can handle because that's, that's the whole idea that, that when we do something, we accomplish something as, as his people, it shouldn't be us who get the glory. 
It should always be him. So if, if he gives us something that we do in our wheelhouse, like like we don't need to pray about it, we don't need to, to fast about it, we don't need to, to, to hit our knees and just beg him to intercede, who do you think we're going to ascribe that mm-hmm. success to? Mm-hmm. I did this. This is me. This is all of me. No, no. God puts us in places where we have to rely on him. But, Neil, I, I think to your point, um, there are some people who say, no, doesn't Scripture say God doesn't put more on us than we can handle, didn't you? Yeah, the First Corinthians ten thirteen is one basically saying something similar, which I think becomes now this other, th- it, it lives in a different way in mm. our minds, but it says that God will not put more on us in temptation. Mm-hmm. He will always provide a way out of temptation for us. But I think over time, we've taken that verse or similar ideas and make it something that it actually means, mm-hmm. right? That is so like for me, I know as you were just talking about that, there's been plenty of times where when God pulls me into or invites me to something that's bigger than me, uh, it immediately leads me to have one of two postures. One is it, a posture of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like I become really, really aware of that I don't have this in me. And the other one is um, a sense of it reveals selfishness in me usually. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, I don't want to do that because I'm not able to do it. As you guys have taken steps where God's pulled you to something that's bigger mm-hmm. than you, what have you found your reaction to be in the moment when you realize that's going down? Mm. Kylie, what you got? It's your birthday. We'll let you go. Man, um, I'll, I'll give a recent example from this past Sunday. So I helped to oversee the um, serve team for the our, our high school students, and I love them. They are absolute rock stars. They're incredible. Um, but we wanted to change things up and we wanted to better equip and better encourage them. So we wanted to recruit some coaches to help encourage them. So on nights that I teach, um, and just in general, like there's a lot that goes into Wednesday nights. And so I felt like I was more of just saying like, Hey, do this Mm. (laughs) instead of being like, Hey, you're doing an awesome job. Like I didn't have as much margin to do that. But anyways, all of that being said, um, that requires a lot of adult mm-hmm. leaders. And I was super nervous about, like I said, I'm 26. And so um, recruiting adult leaders is something that, if I'm being completely honest, like scares me. You mean old people like us? Well, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say that, Preston. But, but just, just you know, I wanted, I wanted adults to pour into high school students. Yeah. And recruiting is something that really, really scares me mm-hmm. and, um, like, Picking up the phone and calling people sometimes mm. makes me a little nervous. Mm. Um, but the Lord, I don't know. It was, it was all God because we have mm-hmm. fantastic coaches. We have five fantastic coaches for our serve team. And I know that that was not me because I get super scared about that. But the Lord just provided. So I know that's like a silly example. It's but not that's, silly at all. No, that's recent for me. <clears throat> but I think so. that's real life, and that's that's yeah. in the everyday, right? Yeah. For you and, yeah. and and for us. And I think you know the the beauty of that is at the end of of that in the success. Who do you credit all of that success to? Mm. I mean, you just said it's the Lord who did it. Uh, no doubt He used you. Like you know, you may not even want to take that honor, but I I think that's also the kind of the cool thing of the Christian life is whether we deserve it or not. I'm thankful we don't get what we deserve, mm. but God uses us. To bring him glory. So through us, we are filled with his power and strength and might, and we can do things that we never thought possible. Like talk to adults. Unbelievable. <laughs> As a millennial, pick up the phone and call someone. <laughs> Wait, I don't want to talk to you face to face. Let me text you. Yeah, yeah that's oh. good. Yeah. What about you guys? Got any more examples? 
Yeah, I was, you know, I think for me, it usually when when I'm thinking of things like that God has called me to along the way that were were bigger than I knew I could do them on, uh, and it usually starts with excitement, and then somewhere pretty close behind that will be some doubt, some fear, and um, and I think where I end up going with that usually is if I mess this up, if I can't do it, then um, I'm, I'm going to look bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget that if God's the one who called me to do that, then it's, it really doesn't have anything to do with how I look, number one. Right. Um, and sometimes the obedience of following him in it is really the success. Like, it's not the, it's not sure. the thing that that's I right. think he's calling that's me right. to that's the success or failure. It's the, mm. was I willing to follow him in it, mm. not knowing exactly how it was going to turn that out. That is a great reminder. So the outcomes mm-hmm. do not do not denote his faithfulness. Yes. He's faithful regardless of how it, yes. it unfolds, but he's good. Man, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think for me, it, it, that often, it often plays out in like a lot of the, uh, you know, as a pastor... You know, sometimes you have to have hard conversations or you, you know, or you find yourself in situations that, you know, and, and I, I, I just, I often feel inadequate for that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I can psych myself up before those conversations, psych myself out actually before mm-hmm. those conversations, you know, I'm replaying it in my mind's like, how's it going to play out? What am I going to say? What's this, you know, what, what could I anticipate? You know, and it's like. You know, and I think often I just, you know, if I just stop and I just, I just ask God, man, you know, God, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't have the capacity for this. Like I, ain't, I'm not smart enough for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I need, I need you to step in, and, uh, and it's always uh, amazing to me, you know, to then just, just, you know, take that step of faith. It's like, okay, I'm, I know God, you're, you're, you, you're you want me to have this conversation or you want me to do this thing, I'm going to trust you. And, and then to come away from it and see how God, you know, often what I find is I, you know, I was way smarter, you know, I mean, I, I, I said things that I, I, in fact, sometimes I don't even know what I said, you know, but we have the same thought like, when you talk to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, not me, Mike. Ooh, I would have never said that what. to you, buddy. Mm, I got but, your back. <laughs> But you know, you know, you come away, or like a, a scripture comes to mind, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. that, that's just relevant to the to the conversation. Maybe something that I haven't thought about in years, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know that wasn't me. Yeah, the Lord gave mm-hmm. that. To like you. that was God sure. in this moment who who yeah. provided that. Yep. Um, and and it's so grateful. That's really for that. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. As as you guys were as you were talking about that being feel inadequate, I was I resonate with that because it goes back to when we did foster care. I can remember that, like, we agreed to it, did the training, was so stoked for it, like, ready for it, yeah. in. And then we waited, and then we got the call, and I was still in. And then a few days in, I began to crumble. Yeah. Because I was it's like, real. this is way harder than I thought obedience <laughs> would be. Yes, sir. And so for me, it was like this immediate, on the front end, I'm in. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. And then God didn't make it easier mm-hmm. than I thought. I thought it was supposed to be easier than that. Like, I thought I would be, honestly, I thought I'd be kind of seen in my head as the hero. Like, we were doing great things, right. and I didn't feel like that at all. It felt like this is work. Yeah. And I thought if we do what God says, this was, it's supposed to be easier than this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it really forced me to kind of submit to that. My wife was like, dude, like, who are you? Like, man up. Like, come oh, on. <laughs> like, we agreed upon this. Where are you? 
Way to go, Jen. Yeah. 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 Um, so that for me is like it was immediate obedience and then struggle. Yeah. And having to work through what it was costing me on the other side. Well, I think that's I think that's great too, though, because it, it comes back to you know trusting God with the outcome. I mean, you know, our job is to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Spirit does the work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, um, and maybe I feel like. I feel like that the outcome was poor, or it wasn't what mm-hmm. I expected. But but just trusting that I did what God asked me to do, and and He's He's gonna yeah. He's gonna take yeah. that and do what He needs to with it. But I think uh, that that mindset that you're talking about of uh, God has called me to this, so we're gonna step in, and it's gonna be great, right? Because that's what we tend to tell ourselves. If God called me to it, then surely, number one, I'm gonna be good at it, and number two. It's going to go smoothly, perfectly, uh-huh. without a hitch. But that's the opposite of what he tells them as he's sending them out, right? I yeah. mean, he, he doesn't say it's, it's going to be a failure in terms of what he's calling them to, but he does say it's going to be hard. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, lambs among wolves that's is right. it not a good It's not a that's good not imagery. A good, yeah, you're right? not going to get a ton of people to, signed yeah, up for that. It's really I mean, encouraging. Sign up here to be a lamb among wolves. Yeah. You know, most he, people... He, that was great motivational speech, right. you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I wish we had a mo- another whole hour to preach preach that text, because I think if you go back and you look at his... His original call on the outset, it just looks like, man, you Jesus missed it when mm. you could have you could have motivated these seventy two. They they could have been on fire for you, but you trying to you try to drag them down. What he's saying is, in yourself, in your yeah. strength, you can't do any of this. Mm. Actually, you're going to go out and you're not going to be able to protect yourself. It's mm. going to be that hard against you. And and I tried to make that point yesterday, but time time getting yeah. away. Because the first thing they say when they come back with the report in verse 17 is, we were able to have dominion over demons in your name. Right. And mm-hmm. it was important because I think if they would have just said, we had dominion over demons, mm. that's a different statement than in your name we had mm-hmm. the dominion over the demons. Mm-hmm. Because what they're saying effectively is, Jesus, you're, you're right. You're right. We couldn't in, do it. In us, we couldn't. But you gave us more than we ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. Because nowhere in the beginning does he say, I want you to go and you're going to have authority over the demonic. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a cool calling card, right? Mm. I think you get more people signed up for that gig. Yep, let's go. We're demon hunters. Let's go. They had no clue what the Lord was going to do through them. I do believe what's beautiful is they had trust in the Lord that called that's them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's important, um, especially when you're called to something big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know yesterday we we did, we we asked our church, and I do believe it's in line with the scripture, to do something big, or, or at least over the next year to begin the thought and the prayer mm-hmm. and the process of living our lives, leveraging them differently in a way that we believe that will push back the darkness, to regain the ground that the enemy has has had for far too long. Uh, and we pray, and, and as Jesus said to them, as you guys were obedient, I saw Satan fall. Like, like, and the Greek in that word is so unique. I'm thankful. Uh, ben Glad, who listens to this podcast some, he's a Greek professor at RTS. Uh, I'm thankful to have him on my my phone, just quickly shoot him text and say, hey, remind me what the imperfect means in this Greek, because it seems to be strange and I can't find another word like it. He was like, oh, I got something for you. He sent me this paper that he wrote on it. It was so good. He said, effectively, it is Jesus saying, and one of the only times he ever says it like this, it's like a parade view. Like Jesus is saying right now, I'm watching it actively happen right now. Not something that I saw in the past, not not prophetically something I see in the future, 
But right now, I am watching the enemy flee because of your obedience to what I called you to do. Because wow. that has huge implications mm. for our life. Because if we ever thought this life doesn't matter, what Jesus just said, your every breath matters because in your obedience to the gospel call on your life, you are literally pushing back darkness mm -hmm. and regaining the ground that the Father uh, or that the enemy uh, had for far too long. And now the Father holds that ground because of the obedience of the people who have followed Christ's call in their life. It's a beautiful picture. I don't think I got that when you said it the first time. I probably didn't it, say it. Yeah. I was flying trying to get to the initiative <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, less time yeah. the first time. Yeah. No, I think I. I mean, I. I think I tracked yesterday in the message, but but I think that was even more clear. That was to me. more clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was really helpful. Good. So, well, I'm thankful for Ben and Dr. Glad and his mm. his uh, tutelage this past week. It helped me out. <laughs> my refresher of Greek. Yeah, we. So you kind of set the tea, um, uh, the ball on the tea. Rather still rusty. I don't, you know, I don't play golf, <laughs> so it's like you do have to set the tea before you set the ball. You do. That's right. You have to set the tea. You do have to, and then and then set up the ball. Right. Who's on first? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to choose a club. You there, mentioned <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, uh, the big ask that that we we brought up with the uh, the this church yesterday, right? And, uh, so, which is the shelter initiative, and you you spent a significant amount of time just talking about uh, this initiative that we uh, we're introducing um, and really challenging our, our church to 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 really uh, engage in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, man, let's talk about the sort of the backstory on that. Like, what what what's led us as a church to this point to to see, hey, this is the thing. This is something that we feel is really appropriate for this time. Sure. I think two things. Uh, quickly, it is this. I think where we live, because Roe versus Wade was overturned right last month, so we're, well, it's August, so two months ago in June, uh, we, we see that overturning. So 50 years um, that, that I believe uh, many Christians have prayed for, for this Supreme Court decision to be overturned. So it's finally overturned. And now we're left with, okay, we've known a long time, what are we against? We're against that. We're against abortion. We're against the, the murdering of innocent life. Like, we are against that, right? But what are we for? Like, okay, to say we are pro-life, we are to say we are for life, what does that mean now? And so to, to kind of help build some of that. So so we have that that um, the, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but we also have and I believe that this is where it should be born out of and live out of, uh, is, is James 127, right? So, so what is pure and undefiled religion? Uh, and the Lord says it is to care for the orphan and the widow in their distress. And so there, there is that mandate, I believe, for the church and on our lives, right? And so to, to help build the tension there, we live, uh, we're in Madison, uh, which, you know, we're, we're 15 minutes from downtown Jackson, uh, which is where Mississippi's only abortion clinic existed uh, for years, and it was shut down on June 24th, just just two months ago. Um, and, and I didn't know this stat until even studying for this and the team put these stats together, um, that that abortion clinic on average did 61 abortions per week. Hmm. Like, I, I don't even know what I thought, but in my mind, like one or two a month, and I don't even know why I would think that, but... It, because I don't know if my mind can get there that we mm -hmm. 61 a week on average. So, so some weeks it's higher than that, some weeks slower than that for sure. Um, and then, you know, the, the weight of 
of how many kids are in foster care now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that number's, you know, probably around 3,800 in Mississippi. Um, 10% of that happening just in our three counties where we live in Madison and Hines and Rankin County. Um, and that, that's a big deal as well. And then when you take those numbers, and we didn't do this yesterday, but if you allow your mind to extrapolate, okay, if 61 per week were going to be aborted, and now they're not, then, then more than likely they are on a trajectory. And I don't know what the stat's going to be. I'm going to guess, I'm going to assume it's going to be high, mm-hmm. that now each one of those are now in higher danger of becoming into the foster care system, if not worse. Mm-hmm. So whatever that number is, if it's 3,800, which seems astronomical, when you look at our sanctuary, holds 2,400 people. And when you think, oh my goodness, that's 14 more hundred people. Like if we put all those kids in this room, it would be overwhelming. Then you have 1,400 sitting outside waiting to get in. We have to say, these people need homes. That's a big deal. And now yeah. you extrapolate that 61 every week for 52 weeks for how many ever years we move forward. We have to be ready as a church, I believe, to rise up and to meet the need, not just to give a kid a bed to sleep in, but to give them a, a semblance of a family, some, something that's... That, that is solid, a mom and a dad or a mother figure or a father figure that's going to instill in them the gospel. Because for those of us in this room who have been in foster care or been part of foster care or have heard about foster care, it's, it's a unique thing. You may, if you're a foster parent, you may have a kid in your house for a day or for your whole life mm-hmm. and anywhere in between. Um, for our story in our in our lives, uh, we we were foster parents. We're still technically foster parents, I guess. Our our house just isn't. Uh, they haven't come in and, and done the home study where we live today. Um, but but our uh, Mira Joy, uh, who her story comes first through foster care. Uh, we brought her home from the hospital at four pounds, uh, and our goal has always been from that moment foster to adopt. Uh, and then they called us one day and said it was two months after Mira Joy comes home and says, hey, we need a spot for two kids to stay for the weekend, right? Just just the weekend. And it was, it was our like Friday night, and they'll be there Saturday morning. Great. So you're saying Saturday morning to Sunday evening. Yep, we'll be there. We'll be there Sunday night to come pick them up. <laughs> 18 months later, uh. those kids transitioned out of our home. And then by that time, it was so heartbreaking mm. and hard. But again, that is a part of that foster care process. Sure. And for those 18 months, whether it's those two days or 18 whole months, we had an opportunity to invest and instill the gospel hmm. into them. So all that to say, not this isn't Josh's initiative. Although foster care, adoption, the weight of, of these stats are very real for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, part of my story uh, is, is through adoption, probably not as conventional. My, my mom uh, is my birth mom. Uh, but my dad is my adopted dad. I was Josh Rubion by birth, but I'm Josh Braddy by life uh, now. Uh, and so it is really important for me. And so when, when I stand and I, I give this initiative, um, it is something that means the world to me um, because I believe it's the, the clearest picture of the gospel we can give uh, when we love people uh, who weren't technically born to us, but we treat them as if they were. Um, because I think that's the beautiful picture of adoption as we see through Scripture. Amen. But I know it's not my own, like, I'm not the only person with a story like that. My story is that story, Josh. Come very, on. very similar. Um, when I was about 12, my biological dad decided to step down, give up his parental rights, all the things. And then when I was 14, my mom had remarried and Patrick, my stepdad, adopted me and all of my siblings. And there were four of us 
at the time. He had no previous mm-hmm. kids. He went from like essentially a bachelor to a dad of four overnight. Um, And so for me, there was a lot of brokenness in the way that I saw the Lord because there was brokenness towards the way I viewed my biological father. And a lot of that was reconciled and redeemed when the gospel became tangible to me through my adoption process. Mm -hmm. I felt um, chosen. I felt chosen. And I think of I think of a passage like Psalm 68, 5 through 6, where it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. God, I love that verse. Mm. It's biblical. Mm-hmm. It's biblical. I have some stats as well if you want me to. Roll through them. Okay, I'm going to roll through them. Okay, so um, why is foster care and adoption important, Kylie? Well, I will tell you. I will tell you. (laughs) According to these 2019 statistics, so this is pre-COVID. COVID COVID has probably exacerbated these a little bit. Um, Pre-COVID, homes where the father is absent, and this is only just the father being absent, children are four times at greater risk of poverty seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, two times more likely to drop out of school. There's a higher incarceration rate. There's a higher substance abuse rate. There's a higher suicide rate. Adoption and foster care can literally be a matter of life and death. Mm -hmm. And if it were not for my stepfather stepping in, I could have been easily one of those statistics. Mm. Easily. 100%. Mm -hmm. I feel feel Mm. very much the same way. Uh, and, and I know you would say this. I know my dad is not perfect, um, but man, did God use him and still uses him every day to remind me of the beauty of adoption. Um, and I, I tell my kids about their grandfather, uh, my dad, uh, if I could be half the dad, uh, the man that he was just to come in because um, he had no reason to love me. Uh, I was not his technically, um, but man, he loved me and never once treated me like anything other than his son. Uh, and for me, that gave me a view of the gospel I never had before. Uh, and it was such a beautiful thing. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. It also, it, sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. It, it breaks generational curses. That's right. Is that what you're about to say? No, did but, I steal your thunder? No, you didn't. Okay. But I think that, that springboards into the call to our church because we, um, you know, we'll be honest, like we, we don't sugarcoat it. We are a really affluent church. We live in an affluent city. We, we live in an affluent area of Mississippi. We have more, like, like if we put our church together, I wish we somehow had the capacity to do this just to see on a map how many spare bedrooms we have, play bonus rooms, spare bedrooms. How many do we have in our membership? Mm-hmm. What's that look like, all right? All right? And, and I, I, would, I would assume that if, if me knowing our membership numbers and knowing the types of homes that many of our church members live in, it would not be outside the bounds of reality for Broadmoor to be able to house over 3,800 people. Now, I'm not saying even in the stat that I mentioned a while ago, it's not 3,800 kids needing a foster placement. They're already in foster care. There are many who are needing placement, though. And just to think that our church has a chance to step in, not only to fight against some of those statistics, but to be a part of gospel proclamation, breaking generational curses, let them know, part of this even sermon series, just because your, your family lineage has some bad stuff in it or some, some less than desirable stuff, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that's who you have to be. That's right. Because God writes a new story. But how, you know, not, not to steal, um, you know, New Testament writings or the Apostle Paul's writings. How can they know if we don't tell them? Mm. 
Come on with it. How 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 can they know if how can they know that they can be loved if we never love them? How can they know that they are safe and they were created in the image of God and God has a great plan for their life if if we never take the opportunity to step out and say, "Hey, I want to I want to leverage my life and I want to invite you into my family." Mm-hmm. So I can every day remind you of that. And Preston would be the first to tell us trauma's hard. And there's never a situation in adoption or foster care that a kid will come into your house because of a good situation. That's right. Hmm. It's always traumatic. Hmm. Something traumatic had to happen in their life for them to get to the place that is there. And when you're dealing with somebody in trauma, it's never going to be a one time. Hey, didn't I already tell you God loves you? (laughs) Didn't I tell you you're enough? You don't have to keep running to those things. What you do in trauma and and care is it is a constant every day. Mm-hmm. multiple times a day reminder. And I think the beauty of what foster care does and has afforded you the opportunity is you have that opportunity every day with someone who is affected with trauma to remind them that they did not do this, that God has a plan for their life and they can be something because God created them in his image. It's a beautiful thing. So I believe the Lord is going to do something beautiful in this faith family. So the other thing we talked about on Sunday, in addition to foster and adoption and mm. unplanned pregnancies is that we know that abortion is part of the stories of many people. So Preston, as you hear that yeah. and we move forward, like for you, what would you most want people to to consider or to yeah. hold on to as we talk through yeah. walking alongside people who are hurting and abortion is part of their their story? Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I, I love about the way that we're approaching all of this is that um, there's room for the person who feels called to adopt. There's mm-hmm. room for the person who maybe um, the Lord's leading them to foster. There's room for other people to come alongside of both of those and be in support roles and things like that. Um, but we also know that woven throughout the story of everything we're talking about are some really tough choices uh, that have gone on before. Um, you know, even as we talk about Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade being overturned and just the sheer volume of that. And so when we gather even as a faith family here um, and we think about the people sitting in the, the seats in our sanctuary, we know that that's, that's part of the story of a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's part of the story of a lot of people who don't want to step into a church that's right. because of fear of if people knew that I made that choice, I made a choice to have an abortion, uh, they would not welcome me, they would not want me there, um, they would not walk alongside mm-hmm. of me. And our prayer is that that would change. Mm-hmm. Our, our prayer is that we would be able to um, maybe start some things here within the church, but also connect with some others who are doing similar work around us to come alongside of those who have made that choice. Because uh, you mentioned trauma. One of the most traumatic things that, that a woman and a, a mm-hmm. man, let's not forget That's because right. they often get left out, will ever walk through is looking back and knowing that I made this decision um, sometimes by choice, often with a lot of pressure around right. them, though. And we want to come alongside of those people as well mm-hmm. and, uh, and minister to them and help them to find healing uh, and help them to, to know that the Lord loves them mm-hmm. deeply and that we love them deeply. And so we don't, um, we don't know what all of that looks like yet, That's right. but we've got a great team of people that are putting their heads together and their hearts together and trying to figure out just, just how mm-hmm. do we move forward in that. And so... I look forward to that side, the, the healing that will come out of that. I love, I mean, I love this. Uh, so in our life group yesterday, uh, 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 one of our 
life group members was talking about. Um, this goes back to something you said earlier, Josh. Um, but they were talking about their neighbor who who is is not a believer and and mm. um, but made a comment about how he said, you know, uh, this this neighbor said, you know, well, this is all you pro lifers. Like this is now we get to see how much you. Mm. You know yeah. how right. much do you really value That's life? Right. That's right. And uh, and I think you know, I, I think you made a point. You know, a lot of people know us for what we're against. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have a chance to uh, show people how uh, how we are going to address um, a, a real need in our, our community, and I think in some real tangible and in hopeful ways. And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really, really excited, and and I love the fact that that we maybe don't even have all the answers yet. Like you know, I mean, yeah. I know, we definitely don't have all the answers. <laughs> I mean, yet. we don't know exactly how this is going to flesh out, yeah. but we're taking a step of faith. Mm-hmm. We believe God's called us to this, and so we're going to take a step and then entrust God to right. supply the need mm-hmm. and uh, and to do the work. So. Yeah, man. It's I, really I look. I, I know we're we're running uh, low on time, but there there were five five goals for us, five five things that we hope over the course of the next year that we see our church members engage in. And if you listened carefully mm-hmm. yesterday, we we couched each of these statements with member in them. Uh, not, not because we are exclusive saying, well, if you're not a member, you can't do this. Uh, but we do believe that to, to be a member of Broadmoor is to be active in the kingdom's work. Uh, and we believe this certainly to be kingdom work. So uh, I'll give you those five goals that we have that we would have over the course of the next year, one Broadmoor-affiliated support group for those who are impacted by abortion. That's what, what Preston was speaking towards. And so maybe you're listening to this, and and that is part of your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know I talked to somebody yesterday walking out of the service, uh, and they said, thank you, I'm in. I don't even know how to tell my life group yet what me and my husband chose to do, but I can just tell you that God has turned my heart, and I don't know how to use it. I just know he will use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's a... That's a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a beautiful thing. Uh, second goal that we have: um, ten members trained in trauma response to help those who are hurting. Uh, I think I think that's a, a great call on on the life. Uh, third goal is in the course of the next year to have twenty members in the adoption process. Uh, I think one of my favorite things yesterday that I, I had uh, is about ten fifteen last night. I got a text and said, "Praise God for today. Nineteen more to go." And that's all the text said. Wow. And so as I'm like, 19 more is 10, 15, what? <laughs> oh, they're going through the adoption process. This yeah. is great. And so it was just super awesome. Mm. Um, and uh, the goal number four is 100 members certified to be foster parents uh, in the state of, of, in our state, in the state of Mississippi. Uh, and I know that is, that is big, that's daunting because the training for that is long as it should be. Uh, but we are hopefully in works with, with agencies to do the training even here on our campus, if the Lord would allow that. Uh, and then finally, uh, a thousand members supporting those impacted by foster care adoption and unplanned pregnancies and abortion. Uh, we know that everybody has a role to play. We, we don't assume everybody is going to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent or a part of an abortion support group, but everybody can do something. Everybody can pray. Everybody can learn and, and everybody can give. And so that's why those were the three things we asked our church to do yesterday. And you may say, Josh, but those weren't part of the goals, right? Well, one thing we certainly didn't want to do is to make this an emotional cry 
and asks for a response built out of emotion. Mm. Because what we know about that is you may have had an emotional response yesterday, but come Wednesday, you feel completely different. Uh, and the last thing you want to do for an adoption or foster care or even somebody walking in trauma is to feel passionately one day and feel completely different three days later. Because mm -hmm. that is not fair to the people that you are engaging life with. Yeah. So intentionally, we didn't ask for anybody to sign up to be an adoptive parent yesterday or, or a foster parent or a part of the support group. Right. We simply want you to pray. We want you to learn more and we want you to give to the to the general fund of the ministry of Broadmoor Baptist Church so we can fund ministries like this and many of the other ministers or all the other ministries that we do in and through this faith family. Mm -hmm. But there is coming a day that you can mm -hmm. know more and sign up and we, we would hope more sober-mindedly uh, without the feeling of, of either uh, exuberant excitement or even kind of Kind of some deep guilt, uh, you know, born out. We don't. We don't want that to be your, the reason you do it. Uh, it has to be because Christ's love consumes you, and you're gonna you're gonna be in this for the long haul. So that meeting's coming up soon. That's August the 14th. Mm -hmm. That's a Sunday afternoon. Yep. That's going to be 5 o'clock in the venue here at Broadmoor mm -hmm. Baptist Church. Uh, and that is going to be a more of an informational meeting mm -hmm. where you will hear very specific calls to action and how you and your family can consider praying through and then responding with, now it's time to get started. Mm. Did so I miss excited. anything? Mm -mm. That was great. And, and to know this, Preston... Crow, Doctor Preston Crow, uh, is 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 heading this initiative up. Well, I, You're the I boss. have the privilege of working with a great team, and I think it's it's probably important for our people to hear too. There was a team in place years ago that was doing a lot mm -hmm. of what we're talking about. That's right. Uh, COVID kind of put a damper on some of that, as it did many other things within the church. But they were ready to get back. Uh, on track with this and the timing of all of this to come together has mm. just been perfect. So they are super excited. We actually met last night mm. and coming out of yesterday morning's sermon, uh, the excitement in the room was uh, was pretty awesome. So wow. they're ready to go. Mm. We're thankful for you. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's great, uh, great and exciting things we're, we're headed toward. And I'm, I'm so, so happy to be a part of what God's doing here. Um, Next Sunday, uh, we start a new series, um, and uh, so do we want to talk about that just a sure, bit? Sure, yeah. Uh, we'll call God, you are so rusty at this, Mike. We'll do like, the teaser. That's how you're going to set the next sermon series? Okay, you know what? I um, feel like Neil let me, let me rephrase is feisty <laughs> today. Next Sunday, we start a new series, and we will talk about it right now. So <laughs> Neil needs um, a snicker bar. Somebody feed your boy because he's yeah, hungry. So he's hungry over there. Um, you're not yourself when you're hungry. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we started a new series called Home. Uh, it be three weeks, and we're talking uh, talking about uh, just some of our um, uh, expectations and things like that, What uh, the, who we are as a church, all those things. Uh, and then also then three weeks, and then we start a series on... It's four weeks. God, four weeks. Mike. Okay, I am rusty. No, it's, uh, but you're, you're you're close. Three weeks, not counting the first week. Four, it, right? Four is close to three. So I mean, you were just off by one. And then, then we start a series in Romans. Which anybody want to venture a guess at how many weeks we're going to be in that? Oh, that's a good one, Josh. What mm. you got? Yeah, well, it's thirty weeks. Uh, certainly thirty weeks. Sixteen chapters, thirty weeks. Lord willing, uh, there's no pit stops in between. Mm -mm. We're we're starting. Uh, on on the week after Labor Day, the Sunday after Labor Day, and then we will wrap that up, Lord willing, and he says the same, uh, on Palm Sunday, the Sunday mm -hmm. before Easter 2023. Yep. Uh, and, and so again, no stops along the way. So this year, Christmas falls on a Sunday, uh, and yes, we are having church on, on Christmas Day, which I think is a beautiful thing. You only get to do that every seven years. But 
it lets us land at the beginning of Romans 8, which is a beautifully powerful passage. Uh, and I believe because of, because of Christmas, we get the opportunity mm-hmm. to celebrate what Christ has done in our life. Yeah, so good. So deep dive into Romans. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. This coming Sunday is Move Up Sunday. It is. Yep. So big That's deal. That's always fun. And we head into the fall, and all stops pulled, and we're uh, like, we're full in. Like mm-hmm. everything's launching back. We got Wednesday nights coming up soon. Let's start back August tenth. So not this Wednesday, but the next. And so uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on this time of year. Yep. So here we go. Here we go. Headed into it. Uh, well, listen, everybody, good to talk today, and, uh, and with the exception of Neil. And, uh, <laughs> so, Neil, not, not so good to talk to you. Thank you. Happy everyone birthday, else. Kylie. We're thankful you're here yeah. today. Thank you, yeah. everybody. It's been great. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Love, Love you guys. all. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others, and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.